coming up on today's podcast. God is going to look at you and say, you know what? You hung in there. You did good. You won the victor's crown. You are more than a conqueror. And that means that you and I need to say, you know what? Sometimes I don't feel like tithing. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. I don't know about you, but sometimes I go, I had to pray again. Does it come to that? But we do it because we discipline ourselves for the victor's crown. Amen. Charisma Podcast Network presents Pastor Larry Huck as he reveals God's prophetic plan for Israel, the Jews and Christians, and shares the historic, biblical, and spiritual reasons for standing with Israel. Now, here's Larry Huck. I remember reading a a story by Brian Tracy. He was talking to one of the great success and motivational speakers. And he said, of the thousands of them that you've taught on, this key and this key, he said, what is the number one key to success? And the guy said, without even hesitating, he said, self-discipline. You don't have self-discipline, then none of the other keys work. And he said, self-discipline is the ability to do what you should do, when you should do it, whether you feel like it or not. I've been a Christian for over 40 years. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is. You know, there are some Sunday mornings I get up and go, I don't feel like going. It's been a long week. I've been traveling. I don't feel like going to church. But my Bible says that I need not to forsake the gathering together as the manner of some is. And so I'm going to go to church even when I don't feel like it. It's self-discipline. But the judgment seat of Christ is the Bema. And the Bema is a seat at the Olympic Stadium in which the judge would come up not to judge them, but to reward them. And they would come by and they would receive their reward. Someday, you and I will stand before the Lord. And I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But if that day doesn't happen this year or next year, that's going to happen tonight. God is going to look at you and say, you know what? You hung in there. You did good. You won the victor's crown. You are more than a conqueror. And that means that you and I need to say, you know what? Sometimes I don't feel like tithing. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. I don't know about you, but sometimes I go, I had to pray again. Has it come to that? But we do it because we discipline ourselves for the victor's crown. Amen? You know, when you're thinking about self-discipline, I think a lot of times we think of the big things. And there are big things. You're a Christian. You don't sleep with somebody you're not married to. You're a Christian. It may look like you make more money if you cheat, but you don't cheat anybody. You're a Christian. It may look like you get ahead if you lie, but you don't. But there are other things that you have to discipline yourself in. Don't gossip. See, I thought we were talking about rewards here. You have to discipline yourself not to gossip, not to backbite, to be forgiving, to be a happy person. Discipline yourself to be a happy person. When you walk in the room, bring joy in there. 
Amen? You have to discipline yourself to be positive and not negative. The second crown is the crown of rejoicing. You can look at it in 1 Thessalonians 2, 19. But the crown of rejoicing is the crown in which all tears are wiped away, all sorrows are wiped away. What we have done for others in bringing them joy, God will bring this joy to us. I was doing Sid Roth's program this last week. Thinking He was asking me about my testimony. I was telling him about a little Hispanic guy by the name of Bill Trujillo. Bill Trujillo is the guy who led me to the Lord. When I had hair down the here and earrings hanging in my ears and tattoos and smoking dope, Bill Trujillo is the one three days old in the Lord, three days old in the Lord. Kept walking by. I'm sitting on my porch smoking a joint. How many know what a joint is? He does this five or six times, finally gets in the block, and I see him go, like, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And he walks up, and he says, I've never done this before, but I couldn't leave until I told you Jesus is who you're looking for. Every time I have the honor of leading someone to Jesus, Bill gets another jewel in his crown. Do you know that? That, that's what Paul is talking about, is the greatest jewels that we can receive are those who have come to the Lord. Amen. That's why Paul said, he said, I, uh, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So sometimes when you're just telling somebody about Jesus, or sometimes you're just telling somebody, you know, they're going through a marriage problem, they got a, or, or a health problem, I can say, you know what, let me tell you about lying. Let me tell you about tis. Or somebody's a drug, I can say, let me tell you about our pastor. Let me tell you about this or that. And someday I'm going to walk through the gates of glory, and Bill Heel's going to walk with me, and people are going to walk right past me and go, Bill, Bill, thank God you told this guy about Jesus. And Paul said, that's the great reward that's the crowning reward when we walk into heaven can you imagine people walking up people from ethiopia people from ukraine people walking up and say because of you my family's lives were saved because of you i met god because of you i met jesus as my lord and savior because of you my children ate and the reward of that is beyond anything we can imagine The third reward is the crown of righteousness. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but all of those who loved his appearing, who looked forward to this day, the day of the rapture, who looked forward to the coming of the Lord with anticipation. Can you imagine what it would be like to live a life without anticipation? What it would be like to live a life without looking forward to something? That's what it is without Jesus. That's what it is without God. You have nothing to look forward to. I feel sorry for people who think, you know, someday I'm going to die and that's it. No, someday I'm going to die and I'm really going to find life. But until that happens, life is a shadow of that. Someday we're looking forward to the rapture. But until then, we can look forward to a shadow of everything that he's going to do in eternity. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
You know, I read a story about a guy who was a tourist, and he was in Switzerland, and he was over on, I think it was Lake Geneva, and he's going by, and he sees this beautiful mansion. And the mansion was surrounded by just exquisite gardens. And he sees a guy tending the garden. So he walked up to the man and he said, how long have you been tending these gardens? He said, I've been tending these gardens for over 30 years. And he said, in those 30 years, how many times has the owner come and visit? He said, twice. He said, twice in 30 years? And he said, that's it. And he said, and and yet you... You take care of these gardens as if he could come tomorrow? And the gardener said, no, sir. I take care of the gardens as if he could come today. That's why the Lord says, work while it is yet light. That's why we blow the shofar. That's why we have the seasons. That's why we know of Passover and Pentecost and Shavuot and Feast of Tabernacles. Because we, are, we have this anticipation that he could come at any moment. And we need to be about our father's business. Because someday we're going to receive an eternal reward. But while we're about our father's business, he is our great and exceeding reward down here on earth. Our best is not yet to come while we're on earth. Our best is yet to come in heaven but while we're here it is a shadow of things to come and it's awfully good when we have anticipation of the blessing and the place of God in our lives can I have an amen number four is the crown of life James 1 12 and Revelations 2 10 this crown of life is the crown of faithfulness the crown that we've been faithful to live for God I I saw a thing on a hunting show the other day, and it said, the character of a person is not found when they're faithful when things are going good. But the character of a person is found when they're faithful and things weren't going so good. Faithfulness. I got married to Tiz over 40 years ago, and I have been faithful to her every day. I met Jesus 42 years ago, and I have stayed faithful. We live in a society that quits. We live in a society of quitters. Well, it's not going the way I want it to go. Maybe it's going the way God wants to go. Maybe you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, so when you get on the other side, you can tell others to get over there with you. Faithfulness. You know, I played football in college, and I can remember, you know, going down the way, you know, went down to college, and in high school, you're the star. In college, there's a lot of stars. And I remember showing up, and everybody's bigger and faster and, than, than they were in high school. I think we're standing on the hill. There's, a, there's the uh, defensive hill and the offensive hill, and we're standing on the hill, and the, the guy's kicking, practicing kicking field goals, and they're going over the over the uh, goal goalpost down into this little area with a creek running down there. And I remember the coach going, hey, I need one of you freshmen to run down there and shag those balls. And my, my roommate goes, I'll go. And we had been, just been standing there. And he goes, I don't know if I can take this anymore. He said, I don't know if I want to do this. I said, come on, man, we got three weeks left, then game time. We got to come on, hang in there. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. I saw him run over the hill, down in the creek. Next thing I see, he's coming out at the end of the creek, sneaking into the locker room. He's got his clothes on on his back. He's still got to do more. He's sneaking out. But three weeks later, we come running out on the field, and we're running out, and the, the band's playing, and the 
crowd's cheering, and we come running out of the chute, and there he is right there. And he looks at me, and my eyes look him, and I know what he's saying. In his heart, he's saying, I wish I hadn't quit. Listen to me. Someday, we're going to come running through the gates, and God is going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yes, it may be tough, but what Satan's meant for evil, God will use it for good. You may go through a tough time. You may go through a battle, but the only way you lose, listen to me, the only way you lose is if you quit, because when we've done all the stand, stand therefore, because God is standing with us, and he promises us that we will be more than conquerors. Just keep on keeping on, and God will crown us, not someday, but today, with the crown of life. Somebody shout amen. The last thing is the crown of glory. This is the shepherd's crown. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. This is the shepherd's crown. And you know, so many times when we think of a shepherd, we think of, uh, of the pastor. And yes, the, that is true. And, and pastors need to understand this. We will give account for those that God puts us to shepherd and puts us over. And we need to make sure that we never fleece the flock, but we just feed the flock. And every shepherd needs to understand that because there is a great responsibility that comes with great reward. But a shepherd is also the ushers and the greeters. A shepherd is also the home life group leaders. A shepherd is also a mom or dad who gets their kids up and says, come on, we're going to church. A shepherd is also a mom or dad who prays over the meal and leads their kids in prayer before they go to bed and tells them about the things of God. I have a, a flock that is worldwide. It started with winning somebody to Jesus and making sure they were okay. I can remember a friend of mine who just sent me pictures of us when we first got saved. I was about three months old in the Lord, going through a hard time. And so I went up and decided to skip church. And I went up in the desert and I was up there and I was getting ready to backslide. I'm four miles up in the desert, four miles up in the desert. And I'm getting ready to quit. I'm moving back to St. Louis. This is it. Uh, And I hear this. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. I go, what in? I mean, I'm there. I'm in the middle of nowhere in Arizona. And I stand up and here comes Alec Wilson. And he goes, oh, brother, what are you doing here? Like he accidentally found me. I would not be here if it wasn't for him. I look at Ron Simpkins. I look at Joe Widinger. When I first got gave my life to the Lord, I had done drugs for so many years, such heavy drugs, that they would bring me to their house and a, a life group. We didn't call them, but a life group and have coffee. And I would sit there in the rocking chair and I could hardly talk because I'd done drugs for so many years, but they loved me and they took care of me and they watched me. That's a shepherd's crown. Can you imagine... When we think of Jesus as the great shepherd, there is no one more important in the kingdom of God than you are that takes care of one person, that makes sure one sheep isn't limping or one sheep isn't snake but or one sheep isn't gone astray. There is a great reward that stands waiting for you, but not just someday. It's released tonight. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast on Standing with Israel with Pastor Larry Huck. We'd like to give you a special gift of free 40 days of the Shofar devotional. Sign up at www.40daysofshofar.com. That's 40daysofshofar.com. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck.